Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Al Grinnell, who has over 25 years of experience in the neuroscience space, has her degree in communications, training and certifications in neurolinguistic programming, which is also known as NLP, negotiation, personality type predictors, and authored three international best-selling books. Her most recent is The Team Whisperer, Successfully Lead a Cross-Generational Race and Gender Team. This is currently in the process of becoming a certification. Elle's passion for inspiring others began over 35 years ago when she became a certified group fitness instructor, manager, and keynote speaker for companies such as 24-Hour Fitness and Beachbody's Shalene Johnson. In 1996, she began training with the International Academy of Self-Knowledge, where she became one of only a dozen people on the planet certified to implement the process of transformational meditation. Elle is a coach, a best-selling author, is the founder and CEO of a business called True Speak, and she is an incredible human. We have so much to talk about, Elle, so let's jump right into this and welcome. Thank you, my dear. I love being called an incredible human. Wow, <laughs> that just lit me up. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Elle, before we jump into your professional career, can you take us on a bit of a journey regarding your personal life, where mm. you grew up, some of the wisdom that you picked up along the way, and how all of this has contributed to where you are now? Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a great journey. And you know, it's really cool when we don't know what we know um, or what we don't know, right? So, how can you learn things? How can you be aware? when there's no awareness. And that's how I saw my life looking back now. So growing up impoverished in a trailer park with a life that was riddled with domestic violence, drug and alcohol, sexual abuse. And that was just kind of how it was in the trailer park. You know, I wasn't the only one that needed to like hide these secrets or whatever. So back then I just thought, you know, that's just life. That's just how it is. And would go to school and kind of learn, okay, maybe it's not that way for everybody. You know, it's a little bit of awareness. And then just decided finally after being, my mom's amazing. I owe all my success to my mom. She gave us unconditional love because love is free and we got it in spades. And she wore our ugly macaroni necklaces and hung our artwork up on the fridge and all that amazing stuff made us lunch, you know? And so because she, it was counterbalancing my dad. So I'm the oldest of three. And my dad used to always introduce me as this is my number one should have been a son. And that went literally, uh, that went on until my brother was born eight years later. So I also have a sister. And then he stopped introducing, he stopped introducing me. So now it was just about my brother. You know, everything was just about my brother. Mm -hmm. And I was grateful to be invisible, 
you know, finally, mm-hmm. like not to be, you know, less than so invisible was better. <laughs> so, right. You're kind of hearing the story of women, right? How right. we grow up to be sure. invisible and not want to be introduced or spotlighted, you know? Right. And so, um, but, but that downside with my dad, I now know that he didn't know how to give love and appreciation because he never received love and appreciation. It wasn't in his skill set. Right. And he was, he wasn't even able to model it like from my mom, but he was smart enough to marry someone that brought love and appreciation, but he still wasn't able to model it. And so I understand that, you know, when we're parents, we don't lay awake at night or get up in the morning and go, how can I screw my kid up today? You know, we, right. we, <laughs> we just bring our best self always. We have right. no idea. Right? right. So this is all hindsight learning, looking back, which is good because it helps you really solidify the learning. When you look back and say, this is what happened. This was why it happened. And this is how it shaped me. Right. And so that motivated me to get out. Like I was the first one in the park to go to college. First one in my entire family of all generations to get a degree. And I thank my dad. I mean, it's like, I just wanted to get the heck out of there and and college was the way to do it. And we didn't have any money. You know, I self-funded myself through college and uh, luckily it was a lot less expensive then than it is now. (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's relative. We still felt like we had debt, you know, because I look back going to Berkeley and going, I, I, yeah, that was expensive for me. And I was like you, the first person in my sphere to go out and get a degree and work through that degree and having to afford that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And good point that it's relative because I remember working, I think my first job was $2 and 75 cents an hour. So that was a minimum wage. There you go. You see what I'm saying? It's relative because the wages didn't offset necessarily the cost of the education, but yet you hope that the education will offset cost of the debt, you know, and sometimes it takes many years to work off that debt. So Yeah. So college, you know, you learn a lot when you go to college about yourself and not just what your degree. And I just kind of grew up there. And in the eighties, I got introduced to self-help and this was when he was called Anthony Robbins back in the day. And I got his program and this was the first time I ever learned and anchored that you make the decisions you make the choices. It's your life. It's not your father. It's not the government. It's not the trailer park. It was mind blowing that I had all the control. So I started to you. And then that's what got me involved in neuroscience because I realized I had these ways of thinking, right. And how does the brain remember some things, but not others. And so I was fascinated by neuroscience. And so that was my little like side degree, you know, there was Mm. no actual degree that I went, but I, I spent more time on that than I did, you know, in my, in my four-year degree for communication, loved it, was passionate about it, which led to NLP, personality type predictors, like just, I'm a people person. I love people. I love that we're multifaceted and different. And when I don't get along with somebody, I become, I'm like, why, why does that person rub me the wrong way? (laughs) And I like to really dive in, you know, and a lot of times it's me, it's not them, you know? Um, but it's cool. Not everybody's going to love us. And that's another thing us women need to learn. Like we're over pleasers, right. And yeah. not pleasing ourselves first. Yes. <laughs> and So that led to what I do now. So I'm certified in transformational meditation. It's a certain technique. It's not transcendental. It's transformational meditation. Uh, like I, you said, one of 12 people on the planet. Yeah. And that's the work that combines neuroscience and meditation in a process that helps eliminate those 
horrible voices that sabotage us and run in our brain um, when, we, when, when we deserve to level up and play bigger. And then speaking of playing bigger, this is not in my bio. I have just gone stellar, like off the charts in getting my message and speaking to people because three years ago, my husband of 10 years passed away from an aneurysm. Mm -hmm. One day he was awake and we were fine. And then the next morning he didn't look so great. We took him to emergency and within 24 hours, I became a widow. (sighs) And that was when I learned, like, we always know life is precious, right? And we don't come with an expiration date on us, like, you know, milk. So you just got to live your life. Um, and so that really helped me understand what it means that life is precious because, you know, there were so many things left undone in his life and things that we were doing together. We were working on um, buying a bed and breakfast on the big Island and I was going to mm-hmm. do my work. Right. And he was going to do, he loves the, the Martha Stewart stuff, the cooking and the decoration yeah. and flowers and all that. So we had this grand plan and then it was just gone. And um, so then it's like, well, now what? Because that's where all my time and money and interests were invested in our thing. And so what I like to tell people is I don't like the saying, like, live as though if today is your last day. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that serves people because if it was my last day, I'd just be walking around with bottles of champagne and... I don't know. I'd be stealing a, stealing a car. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I, I wouldn't be working on, you know, book sales or writing my certification or whatever. Right. But when we think about kind of more like, what if this was your last year and you were the only one that knew it, you know, we, I think we kind of want to leave a legacy. So I now live my life thinking um, of, of being a living legacy Because the best legacies are the ones that we inspire and ignite in others. Right. Absolutely. Um, And I love the way you put that inspire and ignite in others. mm -hmm. And I was just having multiple conversations today. And something that I realized is this equation of hope, inspiration, activation. Mm -hmm. And I always say, buy a book, an inspirational book, or see a movie that's inspiring, or hear somebody that's inspiring, but then take what they said and put it into action, put action behind it to cultivate your own dreams, to cultivate things that you want to do in your life. Otherwise, don't buy the books. Don't, don't listen to, you know, just because to me, do you want to do something with it? You want to apply it somehow. And there's the action component that I think we get inspired. I'll even say this about maybe a sermon. You go into a sermon, you're like, yeah, you come out of that and you're just so inspired. And then it's like, but what do you do with it? And that's why I like books like yours and what you're talking about, because you do give steps in relation to transformational meditation. It's not transcendental, it's transformational where you're talking about those steps. You're talking about neuroplasticity. You're talking about the nerve, the neurology and how that applies to your life and changing your direction and maybe the mindset, maybe your, your DNA, so to speak. Right. So, and how that expresses itself because we're never essentially going to change our DNA, but how we, it expresses, we can change. So I love what you're doing. Love your background. 
And I was just recently watching a video that you put out and you had touched on it by something you said. You said, you know, we're not always going to be liked. And when somebody doesn't connect with me, I wonder why, why isn't that happening? And I saw you do a video on that and you talked about going back and kind of analyzing that reflecting on that and seeing what it was not about the exterior, what was happening to me and the two of you, but what it was that you could do differently, where maybe you'd have a different type of connection with somebody. And I really enjoyed that video because it was like, yeah, sometimes we forget that maybe it's something about our personality. You've studied personality. I've studied personality. Maybe there's just something about it. And some things we're not going to change, but there's some things that we can reflect on and go, aha, maybe that was it. Or maybe you can even go back and ask them, hey, what was it that you felt, or maybe we could have had a different type of connection? And don't be afraid to do that. That's an approach to learning more and expanding our our insight, right? And our wisdom. So let's talk a bit about your professional evolution. You did touch on this bit and your interest in neuroscience and how you use this in your practice. So... The first thing is I've learned by having been doing this for a very long time. I don't talk about transformational meditation because I call it the M word. You mentioned the word meditate meditation and people go running, you know, especially in the United States. Oh, oh, my mind's too busy. I can't meditate. I've tried that. Right. And so (laughs) it's like, I get it, but we're not talking about an, um, you know, kind of meditation and silent incense and stuff, but that's the Western idea of it. Um, And so I just, you know, lead as being a cognitive coach and that, you know, I'm a linguist and I'm NLP. So it's all about the words that you choose, how they lead your life for better or for worse. And why do you choose those words to do that? So we start cognitively. And then when they say, oh, this is where I always flub up, or this is where, you know, things fall apart, or, oh, I'm such an idiot when it comes to this. So I start hearing this language, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a part. That's a part that was created when we were um, not emotionally able to handle it. So when we are growing, we have emotional and physical components that develop at a certain time through our aging process. So if I tossed a 20 pound bag of rice to a four-year-old, it would knock them down, right? Because physically they're not able to handle, but if I tossed it to you with a heads up, you could catch it. You could catch a 20 pound bag of rice, right? Because you're physically able, you're an adult, you can handle it. So the same things happen to us emotionally. So things can happen to us when we're two, when we're four, when we're six, when we're 10, you know, until we get about the age 12 ish or so we're not emotionally developed. And so scars get created, right? Like when I was talking about my dad. And so those things will pop up trying to protect us. Like say, if I want a promotion, I won't go for it. I'll talk myself out of it because that part was, is trying to protect me from being hurt or let down or disappointed. It's like, don't show up and you can't get your feelings hurt, you know? And so we go in and we find that part that's running from like 1970 or whatever it might be. And we talk to it and bring it into 2021 and help it realize that it thinks it's helping us, but it's not. So then it either needs to go or it needs to come into the now and find a way to serve us mm-hmm. instead of hold us back. And so that's the process. And it, it, it only can happen in, in the mind, right? Because that's right. where it's created and that's where it lives. 
Um, so that's, that's kind of what I call my secret sauce. I bring people in the front door and then we go off to wonderland after a while, you know, for these great experiences. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I love that whole take on not saying meditation necessarily, because a lot of times people consider woo woo. There's a lot of different approaches to the M word to meditation that people may not understand. So I like your approach to that. Let's, let's move on to the next question. Can you tell me and the listeners a bit about your book, the team whisper successfully lead a cross generation race and gender team and the certification you're developing from it. Okay, absolutely. So that was a journey. My first book I wrote in 2006 when I was in my heyday of fitness professional, and it's Mm -hmm. called Chocolate Cake for the Thighs, the anti-diet book for women. And it's 101 tips. And that was fun. That was pure fun. I self-published 2006. I still get royalties for that book. It just blows my mind. It makes me so happy. But then 10 years later, I'm like, I need to do something a little more serious about this. So that's when I wrote, I got an agent and wrote the second book, Get Happier and Healthier Now. And again, it's about mindset. It's not about counting steps and calories. And then when hubby passed away, I was like, you know, yeah, I've been doing fitness forever and I enjoy it and, and it's, it serves me so well, it lights me up, but my real passion is communication. And so that's when I decided to write the book, The Team Whisper, and it's all about how people communicate, how they process information, how they repurpose the information, you know, how they hear you, what are you, an auditory kinesthetic, you know, visual, all the different personality types, and it's all condensed into this book. And I wrote it for entry to middle level managers, Mm. because those people get thrown into those positions very often with little training, very little training. And so then we have high employee turnover, because these people don't know how to lead. They don't know how to motivate and inspire so that people want to show up every day and bring their A game. And that breaks my heart that people hate their job and hate waking up in the morning and um, like are just waiting for the retirement or whatever. Like, oh man, you know, we're all so special and gifted and to, to have your life literally being wasted by doing something you don't enjoy. So the book, The Team Whisper, what actually the concepts would work for parenting, right? It it works for, you know, your spouse, you know, whoever, because it's communication skills are the same. And people, people talk about the difference between work and home. But when you're talking about you at the core, uh, it's you, Uh, you know, you, you might think you bring a different person to work than you do at home, but you still communicate and speak. Your brain fires the same way, no matter if you're sitting on a couch or sitting in a chair in your office. Yes. And I love that you said that because as I was listening to you talk about the team whisper and the demographic that you focus towards, I thought, well, actually we could kind of open that up. And really this would serve a lot of different people. This would serve all of us actually, because when we're talking about the brain, we're talking about communication. We're talking about personality. We all come with that. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't necessarily come with the skill set. And so this skill set that you talk about in the book can apply to just about anybody. Absolutely. And the reason why, and this is what you said earlier, the reason why I decided to make it a certification is because I call it shelf help. When people buy these motivational books and then they get inspired and maybe they do something, but they don't make it part of who they are. Right. And my mentor says, Uh, knowledge is not power, applied knowledge is power. So 
in a passion to make sure that this book does not become shelf help, I turned it into a certification. And so that way people with designations can get their CECs for it. And it'll be something that they want and that they can use going back into the office. And then of course, what you learn at work, you can also use at home. Just like if you learn a parenting tip at home, you could take that into the office and use it there as well. So that's why I just felt like this needs to be a certification because I want people to be really intentional with it when they're reading it. And so a certification does that. And I totally appreciate that. And that is in alignment with what I was saying earlier about the equation, hope, inspiration, action. Mm -hmm. And you're giving that in the certification. Not only are you teaching, applying wisdom and applying your expertise, but you're also providing something where they can gain the CECs or CEUs and Mm -hmm. apply that to their license, so to speak. So that's fantastic. I love that. So (laughs) let me ask you, Al, can you tell us a bit about your business, TrueSpeak, and the services you offer? TrueSpeak has evolved, right? So I created it shortly after I became certified in TFM. And that was, oh, 20 years ago or so, but was also a mom. So it was like TrueSpeak and then not, and then, you know, work and then not, you know, so it's evolved. I've been like all in and then not, and then all in. But as I've been doing this, it's been evolving and I've been learning a lot. And so now I've narrowed my services down because I, like a lot of business people, feel like my work serves everybody. Like massage, like who doesn't deserve a massage, you know? It's like, but when you throw your net wide, you know, things get through the holes, right? You you come in with very little, right? And so I've learned to really narrow it down to, so now the three services that I do are just the, the coaching, the, you know, so life coaching, cognitive coaching. So basically I call myself an architect of destiny. So if you'd like to see the blueprint for what your destiny looks like, let's get together and I'll draw it for you. You know, mm, nice um, tagline. I like it. <laughs> the blueprint for destiny. Right. Yeah. Yes. And you know, I'm not artistic at all whatsoever, but I can hear and see and feel people's visions and then turn it into something tangible. Right. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And then I do the transformational meditation session. So I'm also a coach there. And usually, so one transitions into the other, but sometimes people do just come to me for the TFM sessions, Mm -hmm. which I love. And in that case, I call myself a broken part fixer. So Mm. we have these fragmented broken parts in us and they rattle around in there and, you know, let's clear them out. Let's fix them. Let's, let's either polish them up and give them the oil they need or whatever it might be, or let's upgrade them. You know, let's give them the, the new version, you know, or they just need to go like, look at this. You're like, wow, I never even knew I had that. Yeah. But you yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah. And then the third thing is just speaking, you know, stages, trainings, you know, workshops, all that kind of stuff, because it helps me get my message out on a grander scale. Yeah. Fabulous. That is wonderful. I like what you said about how your business continues to evolve Mm -hmm. and how you're getting more clear. And I think as business owners, we do that. It takes time and we change our values don't change. And I think that once we get more clear on how our values align with what we want to get out in the world in regards to our legacy, what we want to teach, 
we evolve and we become more clear mm-hmm. about what that is. I like your three pillars, so to speak, and yes. what you're talking about here and what you're offering. As a matter of fact, my partner and I just went through that ourselves. And so we become more clear because when you are more clear as an entrepreneur, people are like, aha, that's what they do. That's what they're offering. And I'm like, yes. Okay. They're getting it. They're finally getting it because we got it. (laughs) And I think that's a good lesson. I think that's a good lesson for those who are listening out there. It's okay to evolve and change and get more clear about your own values and how that aligns and how you're showing up in everything that you do from business to personal pleasures, all of that. So absolutely. Oh my gosh. And you know, we're hardwired for survival, right? So as humans, we don't like change because back in the day, change killed us, right? But today, if you don't change, you'll die. It's so stressful not to be flexible in in your thoughts and your life. And if COVID taught me anything, it was how to be flexible (laughs) because I wasn't online anything. I'm a people person. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And after three months of zero income, um, I was like, okay, I'm either going to give this up or I'm going to be flexible and embrace zoom and webinars and all that kind of virtual stuff. And I did, and it took a while and it was painful because I didn't want to do it. But now that I'm on the other side, a year and a half later, I have clients all over the world, right? Right. I would have never been able to serve people on the East coast or in Puerto Rico or so I'm grateful now, but when I was in the thick of the change, it didn't feel good, but I knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. You're so right. We're creatures of habit mm-hmm. and it just feels safe many times, but it doesn't mean it's always the best place for us to be. And so I love that you were able to wrap your mind around that because of the things that you were being impacted by. There's no income coming in. How am I going to change this? Because again, we're talking about survival. Yes. And yet we've gone through this evolution of, Hey, stay the same because you're going to survive that way. But today it's, if you stay the same, you're not necessarily going to survive well. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about the inflexibility. If you're inflexible, that's going to be so hard for you. That's Mm -hmm. going to be so difficult. So Mm -hmm. as we move on and we've covered a lot here, we've talked about what you do, the books that you've written about evolution, about your equation to getting people help and and them hearing what you're doing to your pillars, to your business. So with all that said, Al, as we come to the end of our interview, I want to ask you one last question. If you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would those be? A long time ago, I was a huge X-Files fan. And so I have a tagline that I've had since back then for my business. So my business is True Speak. And my tagline is, say what you want, the truth is in you. Mm. And I really like people to think about that. I mean, it kind of sounds snarky, but that's not my intention. You know, Mm. my intention is that Say what you want means be intentional with your language because it sets the vibration of who comes into your life and where your life goes. So say what you want, not what you don't is really what that means. 
ask for what you want, not what you don't want. And then the truth is in you is we're all divinely inspired. You know, we're all a soul in a temple and the soul is flawless and inspiring and is here for a reason. And so when we can connect our thoughts with the soul and then like the sky's the limit, you know, once you get connected with your truth and you, then any decision you make for the rest of your life, you hold it up to this truth and then your decisions are easier. Mm. Should I move? Should I, this, should I, that you just get quiet, you hold it to your truth and it becomes really clear. And it's, and wow, that just takes the stress out of life, being able to make big decisions with confidence. Absolutely. Thank you for those words of wisdom. And thank you for being a guest on the core women podcast today with me. My pleasure. It was so wonderful. I'm looking forward to seeing you again, Summer. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You can connect with Al Grinnell by going to LinkedIn at Al Grinnell on Instagram at TruthSpeakUS and at www.TruthSpeakUS. She is also offering a free book to download at TheWhisper.US, where this will also be below in the comments. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.